What's up, B? How you doing, bro? Oh, man, I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. You? I'm doing great. Thanks, man. It's good to be What's here. What's up? It's always good to be here. I think we uh, discovered something right now. Uh, we're, we've been sipping on these um, these uh, pumpkin. Sipping on these pumpkin spice. Pumpkin. Uh, nitro. Yep, yep. Nitro brewed. Yeah, that's on. That's yeah, bro. It's a different <laughs> level. That's a different level for coffee. You know, I'm no coffee connoisseur, but that's, Absolutely. that's, 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 that's yeah, that's quite addictive right so yeah we're, we're we're uh high on caffeine right now man um i wanted to talk to you today about uh risk buckets um capital risk buckets so in, in investopedia uh the term bucket um it's like a business and finance term to describe like a group of grouping of related assets or categories correct and um but we you know looking at multifamily and the whole nine there's a certain way that we should go about looking at buckets as well right yeah about yeah uh certain way of evaluating risk. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So I wanted to see if you could tell us more about that. Like, so how, how are you looking at, how do you break things down into buckets and put things into places where, you know, evaluating deals, whether they're good or not. So maybe you can explain it in your own terms, just like, yeah, how do you go? I about? mean, you know, and I think one of the things that's good um, about, you know, Brian Chavis. Yep. Speaking as in third, hey. you know, is that was that third person? Third person. Speaking in third person. I think one of the things that's good about you know about me is that uh, you know I'm consistent. Yep. You know, when you're asking me about risk buckets, it's really you're asking me about the Ciota process. So if you open up my book, you know, you're going to see the Ciota process, strategic right. evaluation of a target area, and you 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 perform that to really be able to kind of really identify certain markets that you're interested in. And look at the very, you know, the the various different risks involved with certain areas, uh, you know. And an example of that, excuse me, my allergies are killing me today. Hey, okay. But you know, examples of that is, you know, you're looking to invest in uh, in areas where it's very transient, low income, moderate income neighborhoods. You know, right. they, that that offers a certain level of risk, but it also uh, uh, there's a certain level of reward there as far as the returns should be greater, cap right. rates should be higher. Um. You know, there's risks, you know, typically associated with, you know, with 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 those assets, less risks associated with assets that right. are in core markets, core plus markets, you know, um, you know, and then the risk kind of shifts towards the actual building itself, not the actual market that yep. it's located in. You know, that's typically secure when you're talking about a core core plus market. So it's insulated by good employment, you know, great uh, economic drivers and demographic drivers. Then the then then the the risk shifts to the actual right. building itself, nuts and bolts, bricks and mortar. Right. Um, so you know, it's just being able to understand how to weigh those risks, and then as a syndicator to be able to relay that to the investors, so they right. understand. Hey, look, you know, investing is just not a you know a broad brush stroke. You know, if you want to go in this market or that market, typically the syndicator, or the general partner is the one guiding the ship. Right. That's the good thing about being the general partner or the um, the sponsor, however you want to define that individual, is really taking the uh, the you know the the horse by the reins, uh, the individual driving the, the ship. Yep. Um, is they kind of choose the markets, but you still have to relay your message and your core message, you know. Um, and that's why at Chavis Capital, we kind of just you know show you a broad brush stroke of this is these are all the cap the type of buckets. Right. You know. Um. You know. No matter what bucket we enter into, 
you know, these are the type of risks that you should, uh, that are typically associated with this bucket. Uh, these are the returns associated with the bucket. And of course, higher the risk, higher the returns. Um, and then you just, you know, of course, you know, you have to do a good job of defining uh, to your audience uh, that you have a full grasp of the situation that no right. matter what you enter into, you're kind of like a, you know, for us, I'm a Swiss army knife, right? Man. You can drop me off anywhere. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be able to operate and manage the asset at the end of the day. And that's what you got to really have to convey to your investors is that right. no matter which direction we go into, you know, we have it, we have a solid business plan in place. We have a solid management plan in place. You know, uh, we have the personnel yep. uh, to be able to do what we need uh, to be able to execute and uh, and really, that's 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 kind of you know the ten thousand square foot view. You know, we can always right. obviously drill down deeper about the CO process and 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 you know what what you know what what what's involved in that. But you know, at a ten thousand square foot view, that's kind of kind of the uh, the the answer. Hey, that makes sense, man. So no, I wanted to just kind of put it into like a real world breakdown. So we we find ourselves getting approached by investors all the time, and they you know they're eager to invest. Um, you know. I think we looked at a, a property recently, uh, just the last week. Um, every week, every week. Uh, <laughs> this one was on. Property. This one was on the coast, uh, full of weekly rentals. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, as soon as they uh, said I, the price, on. you uh, got up and walked out. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, yeah. And I didn't mean to be rude. And that was that was rude. You know, no, but, it's all right. But. You, that wasn't a bucket you wanted to deal with. It wasn't a bucket I wanted to deal with. But you know, you must send a message. And, you know, during the tour, during that property tour, the, the, the lady had already rubbed me wrong a couple of ways, yeah. you know, lying about the income. Mm. So when you set a price, number one, you're overpriced. But when you set a price, I don't mind you being overpriced because it's all emotions. You know, you think your property's worth X, Y, and Z. You know, the bank thinks it's worth X, Y, and Z. Bank's right. always going to underwrite based on, on, on net operating income. So they're typically, you know, they're the ones that are always going to really tell you what the, what the property is really, really worth right, right. based on the income. But again, knowing that, you also have to realize that based on the income, it's typically based on, 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 on the operator. So if there's low income on the property, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the property's fault. It could be the operator's fault, like in the case that you're talking about when we were in Saint, or on St. Pete Beach. Yep. It wasn't the case of the property itself. Uh, because the income was so low and the and the price asking price was so high, it was you know the, the income was low because the operator wasn't uh, wasn't operating the property correctly. Right. But when you're lying about your you know your profit and loss, your P and Ls, anybody watching, they're talking about you know your T twelves, and you're lying about you know the income that you produce. And then I do because I have, you know, obviously, you know, wrote the book on it. Right. And the one thing about me is that. And not only I, I don't I just don't sit around and write books and bang out books and throw them up on Amazon and self-publish, right, right. you know, uh, and, and kind of, you know, and sit back, you know, on writing books and tra creating training programs. This is what I do for a living. Correct. You can't sit there and tell me, you know, this is the kind of income you're drawing from your laundry machines when you know I got laundry machines at my <laughs> property and I know how much I'm pushing. I know the revenue. Right. You know, I can whip out a P&L and show you, hey, listen, lady, you were talking about getting $1,700 a week. We have, we both have washer and dryers. How much are you charging for that? For, you know, for that one cycle, eight dollars a cycle. Yeah, I know. I charge a dollar twenty-five for you know right. at, for my, my tenants' coin mm -hmm. laundry. You're making seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars a week. Mm. You must be charging twenty dollars a cycle, right, right? You know, put that sucker in for a ten-minute drive. Boom. Yep. Twenty dollars. 
Yep. That's what, you know, to me, it's like you have to be charging those numbers. And we know that's not the case. So we that's know you're, you're inflating. And then when you sit at the table and we begin to negotiate like we did over lunch mm -hmm. and you come out with this inflammatory, you know, asking price. Yeah, I got up, you know, I let Joe and whoever was was there, let them guys, you know, I was I, I got up. You know, at the end right. of the day, I heard all I needed to hear. Right. You know, it's like, oh, I'm firm on that. When you were like, oh, I'm firm. You know, I got up. Sent a message. Yep. For me, negotiation, you don't get paid what you're worth. You only get paid what you negotiate. And for right. me, negotiation is a game of chess. It's not checkers. And so, you know, when the person sees me get up, you know, and you notice. Yeah. And you've been there tons of times. I don't do any talking. Correct. You know, it's like I say I'm the, I'm the least, I say the least amount of words. Right. When we're on site and we're, you know, I ask certain questions. And when you see me engage, it's never engaging with the broker. I'm never engaging with, I'm always engaging with the, with the property manager right. on site. That's the individual that I want to talk to. But when we're negotiating, you'll see, I'm, I'm never really talking. Yeah. No, you, you know were, you were I mean? spending time, um, you know, I know you were talking into your phone and, and uh, kind of. Taking you, notes. Right. Taking, notes, taking and, notes. And scoring the, the property. Yeah. Scoring the property. Yep. But I purposely don't really engage in conversation yep. because I'd rather you, you, you learn more by listening yep. than you exactly. do talking. Anytime yep. you're talking, you're, you're doing less listening. That's true. And for me, I'm just trying to fact find and gather information. And, uh, you know, the more you give people rope and the more you allow someone a soapbox to speak or, you know, and give them a, put a microphone in front of them, you know, the more they're going to speak and the more they speak, the more they kind of tell a story. And right. for me, it's, you know, when you're, when you're sifting through this, I'm just listening for the story because I know what it takes to operate these properties. You can't fool me. This is what I do. This is all I've ever done, you know, uh, for a living is multifamily. This is where we're a little different than most, a lot of the gurus and experts. You can check my resume. You know, I was leasing apartments at, at 20, 21, right. 22. I started right. in this industry. This right. is all I know. So right. you can't sit there and tell me this is what we do operational. This is what we get. This is what our expenses are. You, you can't really, can't fool Brian on that. I mean, if you want a certain price, just right. ask for it. If right. it's, you know, if it's inflated, I'll tell you it's inflated. I'll get up from the table. But, but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm there to kind of just score the property. And then at the end of the day, we'll just fire an LOI based on, you know, uh, our facts. And if you notice too, yep. I did, that was an unsophisticated seller. Right. Though she thought she was sophisticated. She was uns un very unsophisticated yep. in her approach, at least, you know, um, on how she, uh, uh, you know, uh, arrived to her, uh, her, her asking price. Right. Then we had another deal, 138 units in St. Pete that was put on the market by professional, mm -hmm. uh, brokerage. You know, I won't, I won't name any names, but this right. is a, you know, one of the largest, commercial brokers uh in the world correct same thing put a piece of uh, a property out and i thought it was overpriced mm -hmm. and with those guys i send them my model so i send them the the, the chavis capital underwriting yep. model yep. by the way that's on sale uh <laughs> you know anybody can pick this model up but so i send them the model and my job is to say hey look they wanted what 18 i told them it's worth 16.5 yep. you know it's worth 16.5 based on you know the offers are the based on the press uh, the returns that I can give uh, our investors in the waterfall structure that we have in place, which is a sound, you know, it, it, it's a fair asking price, right? a fair offer. Um, but the 18 was well, well, you know, inflated. And so what I do is I push back and say, hey, look, here, here are the property taxes. Your property taxes were on your offering memorandum were, were, were inflated. Mm -hmm. or, I mean, under, you know, under, 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 uh, underpriced. 
Uh, you're saying we're going to get X on property taxes when we knew it was probably fifteen to twenty thousand. You know, there, there was there was a variance. I don't want to go too far into you know that variance. I don't want to call anybody out, but there was there was a gulf between what we knew the property taxes would be and what what they had uh, advertised. Right. And so there was a lot of discrepancies and and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, this is what it's worth. And what I do is I just send those individuals the model and say, hey, listen, you know, show me where I'm wrong in my underwriting. And then we can have a conversation. Left it at that. No love lost. No issues. You know, hey, look, you know, this is what I can pay for. This is what I'm willing to do. Correct. And you notice they came back. You know, and they were like, hey, look, you know, what, a week later? Let's have a conversation. We're willing to come down to maybe, could you come down to 17.5? No. But you guys are moving in the right direction. Exactly. Call me next week if you're still willing to keep coming, you know, if you're still willing to come down on the price. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, they, they came back. So, you know, you, you really just have to stick to your guns and understand, you know, this is, you know, you're going to win. So you're going to lose a lot more than you're going to win. Yep. But you're just trying to really, you know, you have to protect your, you know, your, you have to protect, you know, you know, your those uh, going back yep. to those risk buckets and being able to say, hey, this is what I can provide you as an investor. If you invest in my deals and my projects, this is what I can do. This is how I can perform. Exactly. And we already have built-in buffers so yep. if something should happen to the economy or the market you know we kind of still feel we can reach these numbers but if you start getting a little bit too far over your skis you know uh and you start paying some of these asking prices because you're eager to get involved and get this thing going yep. this thing meaning your business yep. your portfolio your syndicating business um you know mistakes can happen and the, and the one thing nate i'll say yeah. is a lot of people haven't really i have but a lot of people haven't experienced what it's like to operate multifamily in a bad market. Yep. It's been a lot of people been, you know, the low tide hasn't, we haven't had a low tide, Correct. but when, a, when the low tide does happen, you're going to see a lot of individuals swimming naked. There's going to be a lot of individuals who posture themselves as experts and gurus that really haven't, just because you are able to buy a property, put together a syndication, buy a property, doesn't necessarily mean you're an expert. You know, a lot of the so-called experts also rely third party on property managers to Correct. operate their properties, Correct. you know, and, you know, at the end of the day, and that's fine. I'm not knocking into that, but I'm just simply saying, you know, it doesn't necessarily make you an expert because you can underwrite and put a deal together and, and raise money, raise capital, and go out and find deals. It doesn't necessarily make you a complete, Correct. you know, operator. At the end of the day, you, you know, you know, oper at the day-to-day -day operations is the most important part of the investment. So, a lot of these guys, when you see the market change, and markets always change, yeah. you know, and, and, and you're starting getting to, you know, uh, you know, a, a softening in rental prices, and, 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 and uh, you start to see cap rate uh, 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 decompression, you start to see values maybe uh, taper off a little bit, you're gonna, you know, vacancies rise, you know, some tough times ahead, some headwinds to come. You know, you get to really see who understands the multifamily industry when you're able to position your property and you're able to buy anticipating certain headwinds um, and understanding how those headwinds are going to affect you at the operational level. You know, your property managers is, you know, you, you know that's when you're going to really start seeing, uh, you know, really who knows what they're talking about or who's just, you know, uh, on social media. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, hey. hollering, out, hollering about being an expert or a guru. Exactly. No, that makes sense, man. Um, fast forward to, um, you know, a week after we went to go look at that property, um, you know, the investors start calling. We get the calls from the investors. They see the live streams. They see us out on the properties. Um, you know, one guy, you know, said, hey, you know, tell me about that, you know, that $5 million property, you know, and uh, he started reeling off numbers and he had it all figured out. Mm -hmm. It was like, 
why did you guys walk away from that? I would have jumped on that. Like, let's let's bring that back on the table. He's yeah. Not, he's not evaluating the risk buckets. Well, because a fool and their money are quickly departed. That's correct. You know, and I'm not calling anybody a fool. I guess I am calling somebody a fool. A fool and their money are quickly departed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's not a deal. And, no. and based upon the way we underwrite, based upon the CIOTA strategic evaluation of a targeted area, based upon the process that I have set up to pick out certain markets and yep. certain projects, if it, if no matter how good it looks, if it doesn't fit within those parameters, then, you know, we have to walk away because I'm factoring in risk. I'm factoring in headwinds. I'm factoring in things that could come because right. I've, I've been through it. Right. I've experienced it at its worst in 2008. And so I understand. And I've experienced it when I worked in the multifamily industry. I've worked in some very tough markets, man, tough markets, low-income, moderate neighborhoods, tough transient markets. And I understand how you have to navigate, how you have to create net operating income. And at that point, net operating income is really 85% Based upon operations, your Correct. ability to collect, your ability to evict quickly, um, you know what I mean, efficiently, right? your ability to then release quickly, you know? So, so talk about that for a sec, B. So I want you to explain to me, like, what does it look like in a bad market? Not necessarily how you turn things around, but I want people to know, like, okay, yeah, things are good. You got money, you got good credit, you snatching up apartments left and right syndicating with people, you know, everything sounds good. You're, you're riding this gravy train. The market mm-hmm. turns. Right. What does that look like, man? Well, what does it look like when a market turns? What, what, what's the, what are some of the downfalls, man? What? Well, the, the headwinds are, 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 you mean, the good thing is, is that you, you have to learn how to read the tea leaves. So a really good operators are already going to kind of understand that it's coming. Mm-hmm. They read tea leaves. They, they look at the, the, the Wall Street. They look at interest rates. They look at employment, unemployment statistics. Um, you know what I mean? They see softening in the market in certain areas in retail. Um, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're good. You, you, you get to be able to kind of see certain things happen before it really hits you. Uh, there's always a five month lag period typically, you know, to allow you to kind of prepare and get ready for it. Um, but for the most part, it's a hit on your net operating income. Okay. Uh, when, when you, when you're talking multifamily, it's, it's, it's a point where, your, you know, your ability to increase rents at the end of renewals um, is 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 um, is uh, is stymied. Okay. And you'll hear talk of tenants moving out and saying, "Hey, look, I love being here. However, this person is offering one month free rent. Right. No way, no waiving the security deposit. That's when you know, you know. By then, you already, you you know, you're already in the ring with Mike Tyson. By yeah. then, it's just kind of too late to kind of tr- draw up a game plan. Correct. You just kind of have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and take the hits. Take the hits. And hope to God, you know, you can, you know, go down on one knee and and, and right. you know, you kind of, you know what I mean? You you, got, you know, but you're already in the ring with Tyson. The right. smart operator is going to realize, okay, Tyson is coming. I got to fight. I need to train a certain way. I need to train my staff a certain way. I need to be able to get control of operating expenses. I need to be able to make sure my team knows how to lease in hard times. The thing is, everyone can lease apartments in good times. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're hardly shown. I mean, right? Right. We're just being real on that. Yeah. No, keep being real, bro. On By the Block podcast. I mean, everybody looks good as an all-star leasing agent, our all-star real estate professional, you know, leasing apartments and when the market is good and everybody's there's demand, but when there's not demand and, 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 you know, and there's competition and then the class a properties are offering all these discounts 
and you're competing with class A properties that have these 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 amenities like gyms and saunas and and movie theaters and they're you know now we'll get to see who now we get to see who's really an operator you exactly. know have you prepared your staff you know to lease in those conditions when you have a you know you might have like me a a, a class C type asset in a core class A you know market right. yep you know do you know how to position that marketing wise do you know how to set people up on tours you know you know now you can't just open right. up the door and say, hey, look, here's my unit and sit back and, and jump on your phone and start talking Correct. while, you know, while they're looking through the unit. Now you have to be able to sell something. Yep. yep. Get a deposit. Yep. Now you have to actually work. So, you know, the ability to making sure that, you know, staff and team understands how to work and understands how to read those tea leaves is, is really is really uh, is, is really instrumental in, in, in being a, a successful multifamily operator you don't want to be reactive you want to be proactive you lose money when you're reactive so it sounds like i mean that's more sophisticated than just looking at the cap rate oh, which yeah. is all i was yeah. hearing from the guy when he called it's like oh you can get a x cap on that property and yeah. x i was like bro you didn't see the weekly people renting at this but 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 here's here's the thing yeah. where does the cap rate arrive again people are quick to use formulas because Absolutely. they regurgitate what they've heard in a boot camp or a training or yeah. On YouTube or whatever, they get the information. Google, yep. You know the biggest instructor out there. Google, you just yep. Google whatever you want. You know it's cap rates. But do you what? 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 How do you arrive to a cap? Right. Net operating income divided by the value of the asset. The value of the asset can be subject to uh, opinion. True. But the net operating income should not be subject to opinion. The net operating income is the net operating income. So therefore, you know. Drill down. It's not necessarily just a cap rate. It's also about that net operating income. What makes up net operating income typically on these properties? 99.9% of net operating income typically arrives from rent. Yep. Who pays rent? People. people. Yeah. Not brick and mortar. People pay rent. So really understanding who your people are, who your prospect tenant is, understanding demographics and psychographics, Correct. going back to the CO Correct. process now. Correct. Everything is going to always come back to my fundamentals. You'll never be able to... You know, you can't catch me in an interview and, and, and catch me slipping. It's always going to come back to fundamentals and understanding how to, you know, be 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 rooted in your fundamentals in the multifamily industry. Correct. You know, at the end of the day. So, I mean, these are things. So you think? So I'm not you think, but so you're seeing all these people making these promises, and anything can go south if they haven't evaluated their risk and they haven't even evaluated the market. Well, anything can go south. Even if you have evaluated true. correctly, true. I've evaluated correctly. Yeah. When things went south. Correct. Mike Tyson, you know, no matter what you can, yeah. you can train for Mike Tyson, but when you, when you actually get hit by him, yep. all that training goes out the window. It exactly. still hurts. Exactly. You know what I mean? You still get dropped to one knee <laughs> if not knocked out cold. Right. So, you know, you can evaluate and train all you want and still get knocked out. Right. But the idea is, you know, you, you, you want to be able to go to distance. That's right. You want to be able to at least have the ability to counterpunch. Take a hit and counterpunch in, in markets. And the counterpunchers are the ones who have studied the market and who have um, fallen back strongly on fundamentals. Right. Okay. Okay. Man. Nah. So evaluate your risk. You know, make sure you segment things out into those, into those buckets. And, uh, you know, don't just go off of hearsay from what people you know, throwing out there as far as, uh, yeah, you know, do your homework, your homework, you know, yeah, yeah. You have to be careful. Anytime somebody tries to sell you something, you got to understand there's two types of people. There's those who want to sell you something and those who want to make money with you. You got to remember right. anybody that's 
giving you a property. They want to sell you something. They're not necessarily wanting to make money with you. Yep. They're not an advisor. They're a salesperson or an advisor. Those are the two type of people that you're going to be dealing with. Advisors want to make money with you. Exactly. Salespeople want to make money from you. It's a big difference. So anyone who wants to make money from you, you got to understand there's a huge agenda in place. So you got to kind of sift through that agenda. And that's why you look at and do your homework and do what they call underwriting and your due diligence because you got to sift through that through all the smoke and mirror and all of the, uh, you know, the, you know, the bells and whistles that come along with these properties and be able to kind of get to the heart of it, the net operating income and, and really get to the heart of value. Hey, man. Hey, Brian, thank you so much for all these nuggets of wisdom, bro. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. That's what we do here yeah. on By the Block. On By the Block. So. As well as uh, give Starbucks free promotion. They <laughs> need to start feeding us these drinks for free, bro. We're here. You know that. I think we're overloaded on pumpkin spice we're right now. Overloaded on pumpkin spice. So we're, yeah, you got me. You got me. Um, yeah, yeah. We're not sipping on uh, Crown Royal here in the studio. We're we're sipping on pumpkin spice, dropping knowledge. So uh, adult life, adult life. Yeah, man. Well, yeah. Once again, thank you so much. And you guys can follow Brian at brianchavis.com. Uh, once again, that's brianchavis.com. Just always be able to see what he's up to, man. Thank you so much for being in the studio, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and looking forward to uh, continually buying the block with you, man. <laughs>